everyone. Welcome again to another um, recorded message for our Sunday gathering this morning. Again, a different type of gathering. We're gathered together in spirit, one in the Lord. I've entitled my message for this Sunday, Living with God Breath. Living with God Breath. I've taken my text from John chapter 20, verse 19 to 23. That's John chapter 20, verse 19 to 23. So let me read this before we get started. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. The background of this, of course, is that so much has happened on Resurrection Day. Mary Magdalene sees the risen Savior early in the morning. She goes and tells the disciples, Peter and John run to the tomb, discover it's empty. Now, while this is going on, a few hours later, two other disciples are on their way to Emmaus. And they encounter Jesus. At first, they don't know who he is. Then, as he breaks bread with them, their eyes open and they see the Savior. So they return to, the, to tell the disciples. Now, all this is going on, but it still hasn't sunk in that Jesus Christ has risen. So the disciples now are locked in to stay hidden from the Jewish leaders. Now, we must understand why they're doing this. The moment when the Jewish leaders discovered that the body of Jesus was no longer in the tomb, they began to make up a story that the disciples of Jesus had stolen the body of Jesus. That was the way they were going to explain away the resurrection. So words started getting around. And so the disciples, fearful that they would be the target of the next arrest and the next death, they now come together and are staying hidden behind locked doors. The room was probably the upper room where they had the last supper with Jesus. And the Bible says they were locked in and afraid. I can't help but draw a parallel to what's going on globally and in our own lives right now. Sure, it's different circumstances, but here we are in our homes under lockdown. I wonder, is fear present in your life right now? Maybe a nervous uncertainty, maybe for some outright fear and anxiety. Will I lose my job? What's the future going to look like? How? How do we navigate in this new environment? Everything has changed. 
Everything is not the same anymore. So not unlike the disciples and the situation they were in, we too find ourselves behind locked doors. We too find ourselves in this atmosphere of fear, anxiety and uncertainty. Then the Bible says, suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. He appeared to them. He shows them his hands and feet. Why? Because they feared it was a ghost. So Jesus had to show them that it's, it was him. In fact, in Luke's account of the story, Jesus literally takes some broiled fish and he eats it in front of them to further prove it wasn't a ghost they were seeing. It was truly Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Then he speaks this, this phrase, peace be with you. Now, in Israel and among the Jews, that's a usual everyday greeting in Israel, shalom. Some may even say, shalom alachim, peace be upon you. So was Jesus just merely giving a greeting to them? Was it a kiara? What's up? How are you doing? I don't believe that. It was more than a greeting. He wasn't just wishing them well, right? You must understand, prior to this, Jesus had already taught them his shalom and the meaning of his shalom. In John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave to you. The peace that is mine, I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled or dismayed. So here Jesus was making a separation between the shalom of the world and the shalom that he speaks into their lives. Not like the shalom the world greets you, he says. When I speak shalom, it will come as a presence that replaces a troubled heart. When my shalom is present, it removes dismay. It removes anxiety, concern and fear. Again, in John 16, 33, Jesus again teaches about shalom. Have I told you all this so that you may have peace? I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Every day, shalom is used. It's used every day. But he's saying, I want to make this clear. Even though every day people greet each other with shalom, but it still leaves the trials and sorrows of the world intact in their lives. But take heart, my children. When I speak shalom, I speak as one who has overcome the world. And so my shalom speaks into your trials. My shalom speaks into your sorrows. It comes with the power to overcome. So when Jesus appeared to his disciples this time, and he says, shalom be unto you, it wasn't merely this word peace. I like what Cornelius Plantinga defines shalom. He defines it this way. Shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness and delight, a rich state of affairs. He goes on to say, shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be. 
You see, when Jesus was saying shalom, he's saying, I'm wanting to restore you to the way you ought to be. I want to restore your situations to the way it ought to be. I want to restore you back again to the garden that God once created for Adam. I want to restore it to the way things ought to be. I love Bruce Mill. He suggests that Shalom gathers up all the blessings of the kingdom of God. So when you speak Shalom, when Jesus was speaking Shalom, he gathered up all the blessings of the kingdom of God and he says, I bless you with all the blessings of the kingdom of God. So Jesus enters the room where the disciples are he speaks shalom into the environment of fear, shalom into anxiety, shalom into uncertainty. He says, shalom, kingdom of God, come into this space. Kingdom of God, come into this environment. Kingdom of God, shift this environment. Shalom. And the Bible says, they were filled with joy. They were filled with joy. See, the Prince of Peace walks into the room, comes into the environment of fear, and he shifts that atmosphere from fear to joy. Now listen here very carefully. There's a practical application here for our daily lives. Don't miss this, my friend. He says the same phrase again in the next verse. Peace be with you. Then he says this. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. You've got the same mission, Jesus is saying. The Father sent me with a mission. I'm sending you with the same mission. I declare kingdom of God come. Now you go out there and you declare kingdom of God come. Disciples of Jesus, please listen to this very clearly. Jesus walks into the room, speaks shalom. His very presence shifted the atmosphere in that room. Then he says to them, now I'm sending you with the same mission. This is the thought I want to bring to you. When you and I go somewhere, we change the environment wherever we go. Because that's our mission. We are sent out to release the kingdom atmosphere wherever we are. Sunday is not the end of the week. Sunday is the beginning of our week. Sunday is when we build each other up. Sunday is when we gather and recalibrate together again. We re-sync with the Spirit of God. Sunday is when we send each other out again. And we say, go, go out there, release the kingdom of God from Monday through to the rest of the week. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. See, Jesus said, the Father has apostello me out. That word where we get apostle from. Father has sent me out. See, we are sent out people. We are an apostolic community never ever was the church to become a holy huddle we were never meant to lock in ourselves in locked doors keeping everyone out so that we can be safe that's not the image of the church 
but the church's image is a community of people sent out and wherever we are, wherever we go, we shift the environment into a God environment. Imagine a people of God, my friends, who see ourselves as sent out ones. Everywhere we go, we are sent out. Sent out to declare, sent out to release, sent out to speak. Kingdom of God, come. Kingdom of God, atmosphere shift. Kingdom of God, blessings come. Kingdom of God, outcomes. That's the church. A people of God with an apostolic mandate sent out, shifting atmospheres, speaking into sicknesses and diseases. Kingdom of God, come. Speaking into poverty, kingdom of God, come. Speaking into broken relationships, kingdom of God, come. Kingdom of God, come. Speaking into addiction and brokenness, kingdom of God, come. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. I say all this to, to get to this text this morning, which is the following verse. Jesus does something extraordinary. John chapter 20, verse 22, he says, Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. We always think of the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. But the Spirit was given, actually, on Resurrection Sunday. See, these were two distinctively different experiences the disciples had. Resurrection Day, they received the Holy Spirit in them. Pentecost Day, 50 days later, they received the Spirit upon them. Resurrection Day, Spirit in them. That was in their very being. Their being changed. Pentecost Day, Spirit coming through them. Their doing was empowered. One for indwelling, one for outworking. I see it as inhaling and exhaling. You cannot exhale the spirit if you have not first inhaled the spirit. People want to heal the sick. They want to see signs and wonders following the preaching of the gospel message. But they're not interested in cultivating the indwelling presence of the spirit in them. You must breathe in before you breathe out. You cannot exhale without inhaling. Jesus breathed into the disciples. Just like that creation story. God breathed into Adam and he became a loving, living being. Now this is recreation here. Happening all over again to the disciples. Jesus breathing into the disciples. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive God breath. Stop breathing your usual breath. Breathe God breath. About 25 years ago, I underwent open heart surgery. Now they had to repair a defect in my heart. The procedure required me to be connected to a CPB pump, a heart lung machine where the machine was doing the work of my heart and lungs while the surgeon worked on my heart. 
When I came out of surgery, I was placed in intensive care. And when I became conscious again, I had to literally relearn how to breathe again. There was a nurse by my side. I could hear her voice calling out, Andrew, breathe. And I would breathe again. And for some reason, I'd stop. She'd call out again, Andrew, breathe. She'd go through this process with me, sitting next to me, teaching me to, to breathe again. Until I learned how to breathe again on my own. Friends, I'm looking at this picture. I'm looking at this passage of scripture. Jesus breathed into them and he said, receive my holy breath. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive this holy pneuma, the holy breath of God. Basically, he's saying, now breathe me. Stop breathing you. Stop breathing all the past of your life. Stop breathing all the past failures. Stop breathing your past training. Stop breathing your past ideas of God. Stop breathing the, the past. Breathe anew. Breathe God. Breathe God. Stop breathing the old way. Breathe my spirit breath. He is our breath, my friends. We live because of him. We exist because of the Spirit. He is our breath. We breathe Him the first thing in the morning. We breathe Him before we sleep. And in between our rising and our sleeping, He is the very air that we breathe. He is the atmosphere that surrounds us. He is our very breath. We need to relearn to breathe God breath every day. Not just breathing that old ways again. Being aware, being aware that the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, is dwelling in us. We are breathing God breath. Inhale in order to breathe out the Spirit. Inhale the breath of God. Exhale the God breath into our workplace. Inhale the breath of God. Exhale our fam uh, the God breath into our family interactions. Inhale the breath of God. Exhale the God breath in our dealings with people every day. So full of God breath that everything we do and say every single day is overflowing with God breath. That people around us start experiencing the God breath atmosphere as we exhale in our interactions with them. Imagine an environment so charged up with the Spirit of God. The one, that Spirit, same Spirit that hovered around the chaos and the void in the beginning of creation. And He creates the garden. Imagine that same Spirit at work every day because we brought in the God-breathed atmosphere. Now I must close. But as I bring this sermon to a close, I take you to the final verse in verse 23 of John chapter 20. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. I really don't have time today to expand on this. I may pick it up next week. But just for today, as I bring this sermon to a close, 
I want to say that I'm not in favor of current interpretations where Jesus was giving us the authority to forgive or to withhold forgiveness. See, it's impossible for me to think that a bunch of guys who just recently abandoned Jesus, one of them denying outright he knew Jesus, now experiencing the release from condemnation, release from guilt, release from doubt, and now Jesus says, go forgive some and deny some the experience of being forgiven. I cannot accept that as a good interpretation. Now, Eugene Peterson obviously struggles with that as well. And so in his message translation, he recognizes that difficulty. And so he translates it this way. If you forgive someone's sin, they are gone for good. If you don't forgive sins, what are you going to do with them? I like the question he poses there. See, what I like about his translation is, it suggests that Jesus is throwing a challenge to the disciples. I think that's closer to what Jesus was intending. Now that you've experienced resurrection life, now that you had the breath of God in you, you have inhaled God breath, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do? What kind of environment are you going to produce? You've in inhaled forgiveness. Now go exhale forgiveness. I look at Isaiah's prophecy of the Messiah, and I think that's going to help us here. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 22. Isaiah 22, verse 22. The key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder, so he shall open and no one shall shut. He shall shut and no one shall open. Here, this is talking about Jesus and saying this is his authority that the father gave him he will open and no one shall shut he shall shut and no one shall open i believe this is the mission of the church this is the mission of every single disciple disciple with god breath in them we are now breathing god breath so our mission is opening doors for people to experience this god breath Opening doors for people to experience forgiveness by encountering Jesus the healer, by encountering Jesus the redeemer, by encountering Jesus the savior, by encountering Jesus the Lord. Bring them to this place. Open doors wide for them so they can come and encounter Jesus the resurrected savior and Lord. But we also can shut down doors that prevent these encounters. Shut down doors of the evil one. Shut down doors of religious ideas that prevent people from coming to Christ. Shut down doors of the enemy, that, that the lies of the enemy that come in the way of people coming to Jesus Christ. So let me close with this. I'm inviting you to breathe anew. No more same old, same old. Every day, be aware that you now have the breath of God. Live life inhaling and exhaling God breath. Every day, take time out, my friends. When you realize anxiety is in the atmosphere, hurriedness, anger, frustration, fear, whatever is not kingdom of God atmosphere, when you realize it, there is no shalom there. Pause. Breathe. Inhale God breath, then exhale God breath. 
Inhale God breath. Exhale God breath. And know the mission you have to shift the atmosphere into kingdom atmosphere. I bless you today with shalom. All the blessings of kingdom of God. I speak to your sickness and pain. Kingdom of God, come. Be healed. Be restored. I say to your fears and anxiety, kingdom of God, come. I speak into your finances, kingdom of God, come. I declare kingdom of God into your relationship. My dear friend, I bless you with the kingdom of God blessings in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.